Welcome to the Law of Startups Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being with us today. Today, we're lucky to have on the show Beth Schroeder. Beth uh, is the founder of a company called Kender. Beth, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hey, so Beth, uh, tell us now, Kender, tell us, um, now this is, a, this This might have been your first, your, I don't know how many entrepreneurial ventures you're involved in, involved in or have been involved in over your life, but we'd love to hear about your new one, Kender, K-E-N-D-R. Tell us about uh, what you're working on. Well, this is definitely my first tech venture. Uh, I've been a lawyer uh, for 30 plus years, so unless you count that as entrepreneurial, this is my first uh, true business venture. Well, that's great. So what, tell us what, what inspired you to pursue this, and how does it work? What does it do? Um, well, it's, uh, what inspired me is uh, the proliferation of uh, litigation, which I may be one of those few lawyers out there that actually doesn't like litigation. So uh, I was actually knee-deep, probably more than knee-deep, more like um, uh, you know, chin-deep in uh, massive class action litigation for one of my business clients. And uh, was getting sick of hearing employees testify that uh, they they uh, didn't know how to reach their human resources uh, people, their upper management. So this was a, a class action. It was an off-the-clock case. And we had 25 depositions. And employees would sit there and testify that they were forced to work off the clock or they were forced to work through their breaks. They didn't know how to reach upper management. And I had drafted the employee handbook. So I knew very well that there were clauses in there that told them how to reach upper management. I would point them to that and point them to where they'd signed the handbook. And they would look at me doe-eyed and say, well, I don't, I don't remember signing that. I don't remember getting the handbook. I must have lost the handbook. I don't remember the 800 number. And so I woke up in the middle of the night about three years ago and said, how do we keep these employees from, from claiming these things in the middle of litigation? We have to tattoo this stuff to their, to their, you know, their heads. And I thought, you know what, forget that. We'll put it someplace that they'll never forget. We'll put it on their phones. Uh, employees never lose their phones. So I thought back three years ago that we should invent a way that employees can communicate with upper management that they can't forget because people don't call 800 numbers anymore. People don't want to talk on phones. Um, people lose 800 numbers. They don't know how to reach upper management. Um, so fast forward, this was about a year before the whole Harvey Weinstein Me Too scandal. Um, I was venting to a, a colleague of mine who actually worked for a tech company about how employees don't complain to, to people about sexual harassment cases, that you know, all these sexual harassment cases don't get reported. I think the EEOC says that three out of four claims of harassment don't get made for various reasons. And I told him about this app idea, and he said, well, you know, are you telling me that doesn't exist? I said, no, not really. And he said, well, we should invent that. And I said, how does that happen? I mean, I'm not in the tech world. I don't live in Seattle. Uh, these things don't come to mind to me. And he said, we can go out and get funding. We can go out and make this happen. And so he convinced me. Um, and I still have my day job. I still practice law. Uh, he quit his, so he's running Kender full time. And uh, we did. We went and did a friends and family raise. And... Uh, about uh, four months ago, we launched Kender. So Kender is an app that is free to employees. It's a it's a business to business uh, uh, company. So uh, employers pay for it, provide it to their employees at no charge, and they employees uh, can go to either the i uh, the uh, Android or um, App Store and put it on their phones, and then they get a code from their employers that allows them to 
basically download the app and contact the, you know, set up a profile and then contact their upper management to send a message either identified or anonymously about any topic that, that is an issue to them, including sexual harassment or anything like that. So it's an, it's an anonymous reporting system? It can be anonymous. So the employee sets up a profile um, and then they message upper management and when they go to, to send that message, they have three choices. We don't make it necessarily about sexual harassment. Um, the choices are they can say, I have a suggestion, I have a question, or I need help. Uh, and then when they go to send that message, they either have the choice of allowing their identity to be shown or making it anonymous. Mm. Um, and so we do that because employees may be fine letting their identities be known. Uh, they may just have a question about how one of their benefits works. They may want to change the color of the walls in the lobby. They may have a suggestion about a new menu item. Um, but they also may have a, a, you know, a, a more significant issue with a coworker or a harassment issue, and then they may not want to have their identity shown, and then they can switch to anonymous. And you know, we didn't want to necessarily have the uh, the this reporting issue be all negative, so that's why we gave it you know sort of suggestion box types of issues. But if this is something that the employees don't feel comfortable identifying their their uh, their identification, then they have the choice to be anonymous. And and we liked that option because. I think a lot of human resources people are concerned that if all complaints come in anonymous that they, it does inhibit their ability to do investigations. So this way, some employees will feel comfortable allowing their, their identity shown. And, and with 800 numbers, we know that about half and half of the, the complaints were coming in anonymous and some weren't. So again, we didn't want to presume that all the complaints would come in anonymous. This way the employees have a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. This sounds like a, uh, you know, I've been in a situation where years and years and years ago, a, a friend of Joe and mine, um, the two the two of us, we, we worked on a company that was trying to solve a problem for law firms that, not really law firms, but it was it was a, similar to what you were seeing where it was a, a problem that we saw that looked like it had a solution that we could easily spot as this is a great solution for this and maybe, you know, within our reach to build. And so we built it. Um, and... Um, and, and then, as attorneys, we turned our attention to trying to find businesses that would be interested in buying it. And all of a sudden, we realized that that was a, a much harder challenge than the building part. And that's that's one of the things where I look at companies and software. For me, the building part is always really fun, but the selling part can be kind of difficult. Um, because you, you know you can build something if you put your mind to it, and if you map it out, you can see all the steps it takes to get a thing built. But then you go to market, and you try to sell it, and there's really no guarantee that the work that you put in will necessarily turn into sales. I'm, I'm curious to know, like when you, when you initially put this thing out onto the market and you know, how was it received and what steps did you take? And, you know, I'm just curious to know about that experience because it was a, it was a challenge for us. And I know it's something every business has to face when they initially take this thing they built and show it to people and try to get them to buy it. Was it, was it hard? Well, that was the good news for us because I've been in this world of, of dealing with, um, the, the risk management and the prophylactic side of, of, uh, employment law for 30-something years. So putting out a, a risk management tool to employers is something that I've done for my whole professional career. So I've, I've worked with trainings and employee handbooks and advice and counsel to, to, you know, I have thousands of clients. So I'd already sounded people out for three years on this concept before we even talked about going to build. So I was pretty comfortable that there was a need in this market 
Um, and mind you, six months before we launched the whole, uh, not even about four months before we launched the whole Harvey Weinstein scandal broke. So that sort of was a wonderful little platform for us. Um, we sort of looked at each other and said, huh, how nice of them. Uh, thank you, Harvey. Um, so that, I mean, I think a lot of people thought we launched because of that. And we actually did a whole press release saying, no, we've been in build, you know, over a year before. Um, so obviously this wasn't in response to the Me Too movement, but it, it gave us a nice, a nice platform. Um, I don't think anybody questions why this is being done. In fact, a lot of people have said, this has been a long time coming, it's overdue, it's a needed tool. Um, it's been a really interesting ride since we launched in January. Uh, the response has been overwhelming. We've gotten a lot of press. Uh, the buzz has been amazing. I think that um, as, a, as a new tech product, I couldn't have envisioned a more positive response. I think that the only pushback we've gotten has been from maybe some old school employers who sort of put their head in the sand. It's the same response I got when, I, when we started pushing handbooks back in the 80s and said, oh, I don't think I want my employees to know this much information. And, you know, a little bit of an old school, like, I don't think we're ready for this and I don't want to open up the floodgates. And that's not, I read that as a lawyer, not as a tech, you know, as, 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 as somebody in the tech world. And I just roll my eyes and say, that's, I'm not worried about that response because this is a marathon, not a sprint. And they'll come around. Um, the more savvy uh, employers, the people with general counsel and, uh, and, and high-level HR people are all over this, all over this. Um, we got a huge, huge um, write-up from SHRM, which is the Society of Human Resources Management. They just gave us a glowing review um, a few weeks ago in their national magazine. And we got a huge, um, the day we launched, we got a write-up from Law360 just coincidentally on the day we launched, and, and that got an overwhelming uh, uh, response from GCs as well. So um, we were actually surprised by the, by the types of companies that responded to this, because I kind of launched it for my client base, which is a lot of retail and restaurant, but we've had responses from government and nonprofits and, and, from, and from all over the globe. We have a company in Africa that's talking to us with 5,000 employees. So I've been really overwhelmed with the response. Yeah, do you guys have a sales team, or how do you handle all the inbound um, questions? Do you sell through the enterprise app store or the regular? Like, so Apple has an enterprise app store where you can you can sell to business through Apple. Do you guys have, ever leverage that, or is it more of a, a direct to the direct to the businesses? No, and it's, people it's, download it from the we, regular we app haven't store? because it's um, because the employees are downloading it for free. Um, because right, right. It's a it's a B two B, so it's. Um, it's the the software itself is is sold through our through our website. Yeah, you um, should check out you should check out the enterprise app store because it's it's meant for that. It's a uh, it lets you list applications in an app store that only businesses see, and then they can buy in bulk. So they could buy like an enterprise license through through Apple or buy a, um, a you know a set of of unique identifiers or unique users through through Apple. So you get paid through Apple, and then Apple they they manage it all through their um, their device management system. Like if if you're if you're like Lowe's or Home Depot, and you have thousands of employees that all have devices that are issued mm -hmm. to them, um, they have a, a way to push push software out to all the devices automatically. Oh, that's the ones interesting. That they that's really you interesting. Check it out. 
Yeah, we haven't done that because most of our clients don't have companies phones but we're going to be looking right, at some right. that do which is that's really interesting okay yeah we'll look at that yeah they Thank can they that. can buy the software and and just push it out to their workforce anybody that has devices that are that are sometimes it's not even phones i think um like at home depot i think it is they you know they issue when when a employee comes into work they get a device because that device helps them do their job and then when they leave they check the device in and it gets swiped and then and then when the new employee comes in they get the they get the same device that's provisioned for them Mm -hmm. um but yeah so those companies are great because they they have already invested a ton of money in devices and and they're used to buying software for their entire um yeah no that's fabulous uh, absolutely yeah Yeah, you should check it out thank you so uh, what's the next well, steps? Yeah, where, where are you going from here? Yeah, so uh, to answer your question, we right now don't have a sales force. Um, it's it's me, my partner Jeremy. We're actually hiring our first employee, <laughs> who's um, going to be. He's got Salesforce experience, so he's going to be helping us with Salesforce, the the software implementation. Um, so we're doing you know sort of back end support. Uh, you know the, the the good news I think for for me is we're sort of we've been sort of riding on on my existing relationships because I have so many sort of nationwide channel sales relationships, you know, with with um, uh, insurance professionals and other attorneys and, um, uh, you know, just, just sort of folks in the industry that, that work in this world, accountants and, and um, speaking engagements. And we've been really fortunate, uh, 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 people in the pyro world, people in the Sherm world, um, and sort of managing that from a big picture standpoint. We have a marketing, we have a marketing uh, budget, we have a marketing person, professional, and so we've been driving it that way. Um, and and through a few other um, uh, satellite, uh, human resources consultants and some other companies that we've been partnering with that are in um, like trade associations, big picture trade associations, national restaurant associations, local restaurant associations, retail associations that we have connections with. So we've been we've been working in those ranges first, and then we'll probably start hiring our own sales team. But you know, sort of wanted to go in that direction, and then we've got a couple other connections with some bigger company platforms that we can present to. So that's opened a lot of doors for us. And you know, we were lucky enough with the press that with some of our articles, for example, off the um, the Law Three Hundred and Sixty, I think we had something like 75 demos off of that article, just inbound. And then I think off the Sherm article in one day, we had something like, like 40 requests for information just off of the on one day. So we've been really fortunate that we've been just bombarded with, with you know, information, you know, requests for information just from the free press we've been getting. Uh, so we've been sort of just fielding a lot of that and, and that plus my own connections and our sales, you know, sort of, sort of, sales channel information um we've been really fortunate that sort of riding on that as our sales team but we will be gearing up and actually hiring salespeople at some point yes that's great what do you think about the transition i mean how do you like how do you like entrepreneurship versus billing your time by the hour is is it a nice uh well i'm still building my time i'm still building my time by the hour yeah yeah which which i mean do do you is it uh is it um i don't know is it something you want to move to full-time or you think you'll always keep your practice you know, it's funny because I, I tell people, I don't know if I'll ever completely give up the law. And um, they, they go so hand in hand because um, what I do as part of my law practice is, is put these risk management programs together. So, you know, I, I jokingly said, you know, now I just I put these, these 
proposals together to people for training and and handbooks. And now I just slip the Kenda proposal in there, and and it's you know I my firm obviously knows what I'm doing. In fact, they're they're partners with me, and this our IP uh, attorney here is one of our advisors, and so it's it's very much sort of a a sort of a, a everything sort of flows together. <laughs> um, I, I use my Kender marketing person to do some marketing things for Reigns Feldman and some of my Reigns Feldman things to do for Kender and and I get quoted for both and and you know all my bios go out you know Kender co-founder and Reigns Feldman partner and you know it's not a coincidence that I that I thought of all this as a as a defense attorney because it's it's it goes hand in hand so Right now, I kind of think I'm doing like two-thirds law and one-third kinder, and at some point that I'll probably switch. Um, but I'll probably always keep my foot in the door in law because, it, it, frankly, it, it, it gives me credibility as the founder of kinder because that, you know, I mean, I think all the people who've demoed kinder have said that they, they feel that it has the footprint of an attorney all over it, which I take as a compliment. Um, it's a... It's a it's a risk management tool, but it definitely has has a legal footprint on it because there there's a legal compliance component to it. And I think I always want to have a you know sort of a, a feel for what's going on in the legal practice to be able to keep us up and running. I mean, our next step is to we have a we have a case management component to this, but we're probably going to be developing a more sophisticated case management uh, part to it. That's sort of what we're getting from the clients who are demoing it now, and. I was actually talking to an HR consultant friend of mine about that's where we go next with the development. So, you know, I'll never really let myself get completely out of it because I want to make sure that it, that we're staying fresh with all of it. So, you know, we're going to add a blog to the to the website and they'll it'll run over into the legal practice and everything becomes sort of fluid. Right. What uh so just to back up for everyone on the who's listening who who may not be familiar with kind of the legal landscape and the employment context. I mean, the, what we're trying to, what Kendra's trying to accomplish here is if, if there's an, if there's a compliance issue. So say for example, uh, there's a, a group of employees who don't feel like they're being paid for their breaks or uh, say for example, there's an employee who's uh, inappropriately, you know, interacting with people. Uh, this, the idea, the fundamental idea here is that, um, you know, a company's liability for those kind of actions, uh, sort of, you know, to the extent that it's, they don't catch those things and they let them linger and go on for some period of time, the company's liability goes up when it could have otherwise taken action. So the idea here is to get companies the information they need to take action to prevent these sort of what can turn into really um, sometimes some very large claims. Yeah. Um, maybe it would help that there's some of the people on the call to understand sort of the, I mean, well, I, certainly, you know, in-house counsel who's listening to this is very familiar with the, 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 the terror that can ensue if you, when you discover something that's been festering for a while and you somehow didn't know about it well, or didn't hear you, about it. Or I'll tell you a very scary thing that just happened yesterday that um, the labor commissioner in California announced that they fined Cheesecake Factory $4.2 million based on the... Uh, wage violations of their janitorial service, which is just outrageous to me. But this is how bad it's gotten in California that they're now holding companies responsible for the violations of their subcontractors. I mean, this is a true subcontractor. It's the people who come and, and take out their trash at night. So, I mean, that's how overreaching it's gotten in California. But 
you know, you, we have to know what's going on with our employees at night or during the day or whatever. And the reality is, is that human resources, wherever they sit, you know, whether it's in the same office or a remote office, and in many cases it's a remote office, don't know what's happening with their employees. I mean, we do these class actions and we send our attorneys out to take statements from employees. And as much as corporate tells us, oh, we're good, you know, we're everybody's comfortable, nobody has a complaint, whether it's sexual harassment or off-the-clock work. I mean, my lawsuit, the one that, that made me sort of come to, to have my, my come to whatever moment, religious moment about this app, was part of a, it was the California arm of a national lawsuit for a national restaurant chain that was alleging they were forced to work off the clock. So these employees were alleging, hey, I was forced to work off the clock. So you could be a you know you could be a GC or HR or CEO of any company, any company. I don't care what business you're in, and your employees could be arguing, I was forced to work off the clock. I don't care what kind of business you're in, and how do you know? that your managers aren't forcing your employees to work off the clock. We had a policy in our handbook that said, if you are forced to work off the clock, no manager's allowed to do that. You have to call HR. And it, it, the big, it was a big, bold print, and the, and the email was right there, and the phone number was right there, so that they could contact the HR person at any time, day or night. And these employees all had that number, but they all claimed they lost it. That's why I developed this app, because you don't want people, that was a multi, multi-million dollar national lawsuit. You don't want people alleging that, because you don't know what's going on at midnight or 10 o'clock or down the street from you, because you have no way of knowing. And worst off, you don't want them saying it, even when it's not true, because the reality of that lawsuit is, there was no off-the-clock claim. These people were just pissed off at their manager in San Diego. It had nothing to do with the national lawsuit. But I don't want them making that argument when they're disgruntled. So whether it's really happening or they're making it up, I want to take that argument away from them. So now they have something on their phone, and if they're fired and they come back later and say, I was first to work off the clock, why didn't you complain about it? It's on your effing phone. You could have complained about it all the time. So that's what you want. You, so you, A, want to know about the legitimate claims, and B, want to take the argument away from them when they're disgruntled and they make up the fake stuff afterwards. That's what this was really meant for. So that's why, I, you know, I, I want to save my clients' businesses. You know, there's a bad world out there right now. Right. So can you, uh, so from a, um, can you, can an employer in California, I mean, if they require an employee to install this app, I mean, that, what, what are the consequences of that? Or can they, and do they then have to pay for the entirety of the phone? Or how does that work? Yeah, so that's a little complicated, and, and you know we're, we're pretty careful that we don't give legal advice to people when they demo it, but the rule in California is that, that you can't require an employee to put anything on their personal phone unless you at least provide some sort of stipend, and, and we have a lot of clients out there that are walking a fine line with that already with what they put, have their clients, their employees put on their phones or using their phones for work, because um, California has a labor code on that. But you could, um, you certainly can highly encourage it. We actually have some clients right now of Kender that are, you know, encouraging their employees to do it. You know, say, hey, we're, you know, we'll give you a Starbucks gift card, or sometimes their restaurants are ready, and they'll say, we'll give you a gift card to the restaurant. Um, but if you have employees who are already have company phones, or you're already paying a stipend for those phones, then you can require it. Um, sometimes it's just ten dollars a month, and for some employers, that's cheap insurance. And in other states, of course, the rule may be different and you can require it. So it, you, know, you, you want to check your state. Um, so those are the rules as far as like requiring it or highly encouraging it. And of course, we hope that employees will just want to put it on their phones because, you know, they think it's a benefit to them. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So do you, um, so, so if somebody, if, a, if an employee, uh, you know, reports something through the app anonymously, that gets routed to whoever the company's designated as the person to, to review these communications. Maybe it's in-house counsel or an assistant in-house counsel or somebody. Who, who, what, what do you typically see in that, in that regard? Um, we usually, um, we recommend they have at least two people, but they have to have more than, more than one person. The EEOC wants you to designate at least two people for okay. sexual harassment claims. And we would tell them anyway because the, um, the app gives the employee the right to deselect at least one person because let's assume that the person they're reporting they have an issue with. And we have it when the company sets it up that they designate the, the person that gets the report by name and position because sometimes the employees don't know who that person is. And interestingly, um, the first company we set up on Kender was a client of mine. Uh, it's a, a relatively large restaurant group. And they had had an 800 number. And the 800 number reports were going to HR and the owner. And they'd had it for 20 years. And I said to the owner, who you know, I've known for years, I said, do you think these employees knew that you were getting a copy of these reports? He said, absolutely not. I said, don't you think they would have wanted to know that? He said, Yep, in retrospect, probably. So I think it's important when employees make complaints, they know who these complaints are going to. So that's one of the things that we made very, is a very important part of Kender, is that when these employees make these complaints, they know who these reports are going to. So they'll get the option when they go to make the complaints, they can they can put check that box. And they, they'll, usually when the company sets it up, they'll have at least two people designated, maybe HR and a general counsel or you know, an owner if it's a small company, and then they'll have what's called reviewers who are like the CCs. So they may want to copy in their general manager or a VP, and they'll have a number of people who can get a copy, but those are optionals. So those people get a copy, but they also don't have the ability to respond directly to the employee unless that response is approved by the, the person in command, the super admin, because we don't want them saying something out of school. But that way, the employee, if the employee says, yeah, I want my general manager to see what I'm saying to HR, they can copy them, but they may not want to. So that's an optional copy. Right. So how do you, like, so this 1-800 number thing that, uh, you know, has been sort of the, I guess that's been sort of the old prevailing practice, right? Um, that maybe getting just sort of technologically sort of out of touch with how people live their lives. So how does that affect like a, a company's insurance when it buys insurance? Is that something that insurance companies say, hey, do you have this these processes in place? Is that part of the pricing of the insurance uh, that companies uh, it, obtain? It, it, it can be. It can be. The EPL insurance can sometimes give you a credit for using a, a tool like that. So okay. that is something that people should look into when they renew their EPL insurance. Okay. Okay, and so, but folks who use Kender would, I mean, that's the sort of policy or procedure that would maybe affect positively their rates. We would hope so. I mean, I know that we've had conversations with EPL underwriters. They're very, very impressed with things like this. I, I work with EPL underwriters, so they've been in the loop. In fact, they've talked about rolling this out in mass to their insureds. So okay. they, they very much are in favor of, of products like this. That's great. Well, so this has been really, this has been really great. This has been really great to hear from the story of Kender. So, for folks out there in the audience, again, the, the name of the the name of the app is K E N D R, and uh, summarize again, it's an app designed for employers to be able to give their employees um, ability through an app to make uh, either an anonymous or a non-anonymous. Uh, it could be a complaint, or it could be an expression of concern, or it could be a question, or it could be a suggestion. It doesn't necessarily have to be a complaint, but the fundamental idea is like, hey, if there's something going wrong in a workplace. 
um, that needs attention from somebody higher up, then this is a method to make a communication to make sure something actually happens and, and, and things don't linger and, and, and bad situations don't fester. Is that, is that fair, Beth? Is that a fair summary? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, we feel that, that, you know, we would like the employees to be heard by their employer because if they're not, then there are attorneys out there who will hear their cause very easily. And, um, you know, I, I was driving to work when the whole Time's Up movement was getting started uh, before the award season last year. And, you know, they they raised $22 million to, for a legal, what they call a legal defense fund, but it's really a prosecution fund. And they filed their first set of 10 cases against McDonald's just a few weeks ago. So they're, they've been active uh, and, and they're going to continue to be active to prosecute cases against, against employers for things like sexual harassment. So, you know, our feeling is if employers are not ready to hear these things, then they're attorneys who are, who are ready to wait to take these cases. So we'd rather solve these issues internally. Right. seems like if you're, I mean, I've got to believe that like anything you can do to minimize or reduce the risk of actually winding up in a, in a lawsuit is a, I mean, who wouldn't want to spend a little money to make, to try to eliminate at some level, you know, I'm sure Kendra doesn't solve the world's problems entirely, right? It doesn't stamp out the risk of litigation entirely, but it's gotta, it's gotta be ameliorative. So that's, that's what we're hoping. Yeah, that's great. Well, so if people want to get a hold of you, Beth, what's the best way for them to get, um, to get a hold of you? Well, they can easily, I mean, kender.com is, is easy. Obviously, you can email me. I'm at beth.kender.com, but just go to the website uh, if they want more information about Kender. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, well, look me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's Schroeder, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R. Beth, we super appreciate you uh, you being here, and uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing about developments in this in this realm and uh, and following along uh, with uh, Kendra as it grows. Great, thank you so much for having. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. All right, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs>